We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Radio, about to buy the Blue Wire Network. We are fully entrenched in training camp. We got training camp news, got training camp injuries. We've got the works as you need it for your dynasty news. And I'm joined by the one and only Dan Seno. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Wait, that's I don't think that applies here. Good morning. I was I so. I I have MLB TV and I watch most Rays games and then I also watch like they do like a not not a highlight package more but a condensed game so instead of like a two minute highlight it's like an eight minute highlight and when you watch that they they play the different like radio announcers and the TV announcers and one of the teams the Rays played recently like every strikeout the announcers good morning good afternoon and good night I'm like <laughs> every like like. I understand that maybe for like a home run, home runs happen like one or two times. Like strikeouts happen like 12 or 14 times a game. It, it sounds like you might need a new shtick. <laughs> All right. So our shtick for end of July, early August is training camp news. Recording on August 1st. We're going to do the big, the big one. The big news, redraft, dynasty, maybe even DFS for week one. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is uh, – had a trade demand. He's doing a hold in. He is reporting to camp, but not participating. And then he also has an injury. According to Javerse, he reported a back injury based on a non-football injury. And according to Jonathan Taylor, he said he's never had a back injury. So we'll start with that. Um, do you believe Jonathan Taylor or Jim Ursa here? Yeah, th- this is definitely an interesting one. I... I don't think it ends well just in general. Uh, I, not only do I not think that Jonathan Taylor either plays at this point, but he definitely isn't going to get traded now. Uh, they're they're playing the dirty, nope, he's he's not going on the list with an injury and Jonathan, they, nope, they I'm haven't not hurt. Offic- 
they haven't officially put him on the non-football injury list for what it's worth. But even the yeah. fact that they're trying to play like the hardball of if you're not going to do this, we're just we're gonna roll your your contract a, a year, and that that definitely would be worst case scenario for Jonathan Taylor. Not that I don't think that that the Colts' offense can't be great, uh, especially with Taylor there. You know, you bring in Anthony Richardson, your your wide receiver core is starting to, to you know come to form a little bit. Uh, but Ursay, obviously, you know, it's Jim Ursay. And Jonathan Taylor said, hey, I want more money. I want to be gone. He's not going to get paid because that's the day and age that we are currently in in the running back market. And it'll probably not change unless the CPA changes. But, yeah, I, I don't really see this ending well in any way. I, I'm guessing it'll, it'll lead to the very least missed games for Jonathan Taylor uh, just because, I mean, somebody's going to give in and they're not going to give in quickly. So as as much as that sucks, especially for the Colts offense uh, and obviously for Jonathan Taylor, but I, I don't I don't see a, a positive coming from this outside of, you know, maybe maybe Jonathan Taylor stays healthy for two months. Yeah, I, according to – so Stephen Holder is the uh, Colts beat writer. And b- before the back injury came out, he was like he would not be surprised at all if a trade happens. Now, if there is a back injury that's occurring, you know, no team is going to trade for a running back, much less a running back with a back injury. Um, so I, I think that still the most likely outcome is actually the, the, that Taylor plays in 2023 for the Colts. Um, but I think the second most likely outcome is, is the trade if he shows that he's healthy. I know there was like a, a training camp clip of like him like hobbling like an old man with a back injury. Like I, I think that anyone reading into that might be putting a little too much investigation work. Like what are the odds he's just either a faking that or b like you know it's just how he walk. Like you know there's no there's no way we can decipher from how he's walking on a practice field. Like oh that guy has a back injury. Well, I mean it could be something like. Jim Irsay saying it's his back and it's like a hip or something. And and, and then Jonathan is like, nope, not my back. I've never hurt my back, never had back pain, never did this. Like, well, you're hurt. And we thought it was your back, but it's your hip. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, my hip. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think there's a chance that it's that, but I, I definitely think it's just 100% hardball and – the Colts are just going to try to force Jonathan Taylor into playing out this contract, running him into the earth. And that's that. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see Jonathan Taylor being on the Colts past this year, unless he doesn't play and his contract holds that that's the only way I could see him potentially being an Indianapolis Colt for even a short period of time in 2024. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely don't see him being a Colt in 2024. Um, where are you at with how is this impacting? You know, we often talk about how important, like, the, you know, short term is for running back and running back rankings. Is this dropping? Like, I, personally, before this, all this stuff happened, I had John Taylor firmly above Christian McCaffrey. Is this dropping him below McCaffrey for you? How far are we dropping him? Is it below Brees and Gibbs and potentially Barkley? Um, for me, I. I'm going to wait a week or so before I'm officially, like, not that my rankings mean much, but, like, before I officially drop him below, below RB2. Uh, but 
if this keeps on going, I think that you definitely put McCaffrey, Hall, and Gibbs all all above Taylor. Yeah, I, I think, uh, well, depending on if it's missed time or, or you know, a, a, a change of scenery, I, I think he definitely dips. Uh, a, a, not a lot, but there's plenty of youth and ability in in the running back, you know, kind of in the whole group at this at this point. But I don't. And I, I don't know that we can move him like crazy far. I do think that that yeah, I mean, obviously B. John. Um I don't know how to feel about Brees being ahead of him. I, yes, it's it's Brees, he's twenty two, New York Jets. Uh but if they bring in Cook and even if it is only a one year deal, that that can have some lingering effects as well. Um, I would say definitely McCaffrey. I still don't love Gibbs, but I think just market-wise, you have to have him there. And, I mean, if he's not playing, I'm putting ETN up there as well. Yeah, no. It, I, I think it, in order to like put him below Barkley, Gibbs, those type of guys, I mean, Barkley, Gibbs, ETN, you have to see missed games. Like, you know, yeah. obviously, it's August 1st. We have, you know five weeks until the NFL season starts, like we could in two weeks have this all in the rearview mirror and it doesn't exist anymore outside of like, you know, the impending like RB versus Ursay squabble that'll happen, you know, once again in January or February. Yeah. And, and for clarity reasons for, for anyone listening, you know, we, we talk about the missed games not mattering for, you know, it may, maybe rookie running backs, but wide receivers, it really doesn't matter quarterbacks it really doesn't matter tight ends it it matters to an extent but it also really doesn't it, matter. it matters with with second tier tight ends because with with that when you get to like tight ends like 13 through 26 all you're trying to do is get points and right either, you're either getting points or you're you know stashing a guy like a jelani woods and so if you're going for like a points type player like a zach Ertz, like if zach Ertz misses two games that nearly kills his dynasty value Right, as a lot as it is, but but in in a very you know loose correlation, it, it definitely connects with the running back and how small the window is that we have for them to produce. And yes, when you have the great ones like Jonathan Taylor, usually those windows are a little bit longer. But when you're missing out on points at that position, that that starts to make it tough to invest at at that position, especially at the high end, which is why we see so many of the different you know, zero RBs or hero RBs, or you're getting one and that's it or whatever that there's, there's, you don't hear about zero wide receiver. That That's not a book. That's not, you know, that's not a thing. Uh, people do it, but that's usually bad. Uh, so again, I, I just, it, it hurts short term more than long term, but I do think that there's some long term effects, especially if he ends up going somewhere that's crap for, uh, you know, like a solo bell cow running back. You know, he, if he ends up going to New England in the offseason and and the Patriots don't do anything with Ramondre Stevenson or maybe, you know, whatever, whatever. He could go he could go anywhere and be in a worse spot than he is now, uh, essentially. Is the, the upside, if, if he goes, you know what, I'm cool taking a pay cut and I just want to win, and he goes to Kansas City, well, then we just all take our pants off. 
Yeah, and let's so let's wrap up the Colts here. Um, so Zach Moss at the same time broke his arm. Um, I'm guessing that means he's out for a while. Uh, and then the question is, will the will the Colts will the Colts sign one of the veteran RBs? They did sign Toriano Clinton, whoever that is. Um, but will the the Taylor and Moss situations result in them looking at a Leonard Fournette or looking at a Dalvin Cook if he doesn't sign with the Jets or you know any of those veteran type guys? Kareem Hunt, et cetera, et cetera. I think the one difference between, you know, the Jets and the Cowboys and the Colts is I think the Colts could legitimately roll out anybody at running back because they're not competing. Like, you know, they're not winning the division against the Jaguars. They're solely looking to develop Anthony Richardson. And obviously you want to support him in ways, but at the same time, it's like if, if Richardson's throwing like 20, 25 times a game, that's probably better for his development. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see maybe like Zeke going there, thinking that he's got a ton left in the tank and just wanting carries and and them being okay with that. Uh, at the same time, you know, the, the higher end running backs, because of what Ursa is trying to do, they may not want to be around that. And, and, you know, destination does matter. Obviously, money matters a lot in, in these situations, but where you're headed and your coaching staff and your management, all of that plays in for these guys. Um, except for maybe somebody like Zeke, I, I could put him on the tier where he's just like, whatever, I just want to play football. I just want carries, um, which would be phenomenal for Zeke. It would probably be pretty bad for that offense. But uh, I, I think whatever running back ends up starting is going to have an, a, a, just a crap load of upside because of, what Anthony Richardson brings to the table and, and the fact that the Colts have had had brick feet in that backfield for the last how, however many years. So um, this is this is going to be an exciting offense, obviously more exciting with Jonathan Taylor. But nonetheless, you know, I, I, I still I could see one of these free agent backs there. I just would rather see Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Definitely. All right, let's move on to the Denver Broncos. They have a pair of wide receiver issues. Tim Patrick tore his Achilles, and K.J. Hamler has been waived with a heart condition. There are reports that he might get, like, reacquired by the Broncos once the heart, if the heart condition clears up or whatever it might be. Um, but in the meantime, there are some targets that opened up in that Broncos receiving core. So you have Jerry Judy. He's going to be the wide receiver one. Carlton Sutton's going to be the wide receiver two. Marvin Mims was invested as, as a late second round pick was the first pick of the Sean Payton era. These, these two injuries slash waving, they have to open up a huge door for Mims, right? Yeah. And I thought, I, I mean, he, Tim Patrick is Tim Patrick. He had a decent sized contract. He's been, he's been solid for them. Um, but you don't trade up to get a wide receiver in the way that a Sean Payton does and has in the past. And when he does, that wide receiver usually ends up being a part of the offense. They they saw probably what a lot of of dynasty Twitter and the hashtag analysts saw with KJ Hamler and you get that explosive playmaking ability. But the difference is that Marvin Mims can actually catch. So we we saw I saw a lot of dynamic plays. I saw the ability at Oklahoma. He's been one of my favorites. You're not going to be able to get him late anymore. Uh, he's going to end up going probably too early now, even though he's still going to be a wide receiver three in that offense. I think that there there's potential. If Russell Wilson can, can be the efficient 
even somewhat efficient Russell Wilson of old. He doesn't have to be the high volume, but if he's efficient and you can get Marvin Mims like 60 to 80 targets, he's going to be fantasy viable because those targets are all going to be like 16 plus yards down the field. His, his ADOT's going to be outrageous. Yeah, for sure. And definitely he's going to, I mean, obviously we talked about this a lot with, you know, third wide receivers, talk about this a lot in the Denver Robins, but the quote unquote in a best ball, Marvin Mims is going to be a guy who has three or four games with a 70 yard touchdown. And that's exactly what you're looking for in a late round best ball target. Um, looking at his prospect box score, Scott, and I think this is a, it's a nice comparable for him. Uh, a 98 sim score with Darius Slayton. So if he can have a Darius Slayton type, you know, and I know people are like shooting for them like Darius Slayton, but like Darius Slayton is a very solid yeah, like, wide receiver. Good player. And so, like, you know, if you're investing, you know, 18th round redraft pick, 18th round dynasty pick, Marvin Mims. I mean, Mims, I go a little bit earlier than that in dynasty, but still, late round dynasty pick, Marvin Mims, uh, comp to Darius Slayton is definitely a uh, a good place to be. Definitely. And, and you know, I, I said that he'll probably end up going too early. And it, you know, I, I'm OK with that. I was taking him a lot earlier than than the market had him anyways. I mean, I, I was taking him over Josh Downs and Mingo and Rishi Rice, even though I have Rishi Rice up there with him. All, all of those guys. I mean, he was. It, honestly, if if Denver didn't have Cortland Sutton, if it was just Jerry Judy, I would probably have had Mims like wide receiver three i know that sounds crazy uh and zay flowers looks really great so i I probably definitely missed the boat with that one but i would have had him over quentin johnson without question i i probably right now as it stands have him just after quentin johnson but would probably take him ahead of him if i had the chance yep so any other thoughts on this broncos offense um do do we see a tick up in volume so my one concern with with the Sutton Judy corollary was uh, that Patrick was going to end up somehow out targeting them or be similarly targeted. I don't like, even if we like Marvin Mims, I don't see him getting at the target level that we would have projected for, for Tim Patrick. So I do, I do see a bump in targets uh, for Judy. Obviously Judy's probably more of a high target guy than Sutton, but I see a bump targets for both Judy and uh, Judy and Sutton. Obviously not a huge one, but definitely a slight bump. Yeah, I mean, there's still probably like their ceilings for both Sutton and Judy is probably going to be in that like 125-ish range, uh, which I think they were probably somewhat on pace for last year. I know they missed a couple of games each, but I would imagine them going to they're they're both going to be in that range. And, you know, it's unfortunate to see the Tim Patrick going down again, but when he was healthy, he was essentially demanding a third of the market share. So I, I don't I don't see a reason why we can't, you know, at least have Mims in the projection of getting a hundred plus targets. But I, I think 80 is probably that sweet spot, especially in his rookie season. Um, and what may end up happening is those first four weeks may end up being like one or two each. And then he just goes on a tear, you know, the the back half or two thirds or three quarters of the season because he's getting more acquainted to it. But uh, I, I do think that he's in the plans for Sean Payton. Again, he, he traded up for him. The, you know, the, the chips unfortunate because of the injury uh, and, and, and Hamler with the heart condition. Um, and even if they do bring Hamler back, I, I don't think he's in play for 
a major role on offense. He he's your no. I mean, he, but I even prior to the waving, he was a very much enter the roster NFL and the roster if he's even on uh, dynasty roster guy. Yeah, and I know people are in love with like Greg Dulcich, but uh, I mean, he's. He's a jag for me, and, and I mean, I'm sure he'll probably get 60 to 80 targets, similar to Mims. Um, but I do think that if there is a big bump for anybody here, it's going to be Jerry Judy. I, I, I just think he is that guy. But also, Cortland Sutton's been very good, so this could potentially be, you know, a, a, a you know, a top 10, top eight offense. Um, even higher, depending on if everybody can stay healthy, depending on when they get Javante Williams back. Uh, I mean, it, it, Sean Payton's proved it time and time again. Obviously, when you have Drew Brees, it's a little bit easier. But he's turned nobodies into somebodies pretty quickly. I mean, we all remember Marcus Colston. So, and he didn't quite have the draft capital. So, I have faith. I think this offense can be very good. Um, I, I, I do think that we can see three viable wide receivers in fantasy uh mims you're probably not starting every single week but I, I do think in the back half of the season he could potentially be an every week starter uh or at very least like a matchup spot filler if you've got if you got another similar like wide receiver three wide receiver four that you don't love the matchup on uh you know mims is going to be viable at, at some point this season we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's go to the next big news. That It's big news, but we don't really have any information yet on either of them. We have uh, Kenneth Walker and uh, Zach Charbonnet, um, both of them injured. Um, and it's unclear how long each of them. So Kenneth Walker has a groin injury. Zach Charbonnet has, has a shoulder injury. Um, it, it seems like through Pete Carroll's talk that it looks like Charbonnet might be on the more serious side out indefinitely. But also, Kenneth Walker is going to be sidelined a quote-unquote decent amount of time. Um, injuries aside, how how much? Like, so like, let's let's play out both scenarios. Um, 
Walker misses more time than Charbonnet. What does that do for his stock? Well, yeah, I think the Walker and and it sounded a little bit more like it was it was caution rather than than actual like real concern. Um, but I still don't really think there's a lot of movement on these two guys. I I hate the the Charbonnet draft pick, especially after the season that that Kenneth Walker had. I don't know that this really moves walker much in either direction just because of the fact that they drafted charbonnet so obviously they don't they're not in love with kenneth walker for whatever reason but we've seen this in the past you know we we've seen the the chris carson bit the rashad penny the whole you know we talk about it every single time nobody trusts Pete carroll i would say if charbonnet ends up being a a season ender because of his shoulder i don't know many shoulder injuries that are season enders but there's a non-zero chance when you say words like indefinitely that's usually not great. So short-term bump probably for Kenneth Walker. Long-term, I think it remains unchanged. Uh, you know, if people, you know, drove drove his value off a cliff, which I'm sure that they did, it probably is a good time to try to buy Kenneth Walker because I don't have long-term concerns for his his health. Whereas with Charbonnet going down this early, uh, yes, it's a shoulder, which you don't really need your shoulders <laughs> to be a running back unless you're, you know, Derrick Henry trying to run through everyone. But, uh, th- yeah, it, it, it sucks, but maybe we can get our Kenneth Walker back. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I'm taking a discount on either of these guys. If either of them are, dr- are, are dropping, you know, two to three rounds in redraft, I'll, I'll take either of them. You know, obviously, until what we find out that indefinitely means like a season or something crazy like that. And then in Dynasty, I'm definitely buying both of them um, because I think that they're both discounted because of the fact that they both exist. Um, and so I think they're both still talented enough to, to warrant their ADPs. <clears throat> so if, if the injuries end up dipping their price, I'll, I'll buy a Dynasty as well. Um, but I do think in terms of a short term, the biggest buy in all of, in, from, from this news is Geno Smith. Uh, because the one concern with Geno Smith is, especially with the investment of a second round running back, is Pete Carroll just going to run the ball 40 times a game? And even the, though the fact that he has three of the best wide receivers in football with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. So I think that if if these two injuries render the Seahawks game, Seahawks running game impossible to use, that can only be good news for Geno Smith. Yeah, and I mean, it, good news for Geno Smith and good news for the three wide receivers we're all hoping to still have a career and a tight end. Uh, they, they've got mouths to feed. I love, no, I love Noah Fan, but like, if you're counting on anything from Noah Fan. Like, <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe with only one running back, uh, they just have zero targets to the running back position and, and they, they line Noah Fan up as, as like a halfback or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't see a world where Geno Smith is throwing it 600 times, but also if you, if you don't have your two headed monster in the backfield and you aren't going to run it 40 times a game, you're either extremely balanced or you're going to end up throwing it more than you're leading on. I, I, I think, you know, it's unfortunate that Charbonic goes down, but I, I think this does create Great news for not only DK Metcalf, but Tyler Lockett. Uh, I think it can help bring along uh, JSN faster because he's going to be on the field more. 
Uh, they'll be running less two back sets. They'll be they'll be definitely more in three wide receiver sets because you just have to be unless you're really planning on DJ Dallas or uh, whoever else. I don't even know if he's still on the team, but it, it's it's going to be good for Geno Smith. That's that's his, if he can continue and even be close to what he was that last year or or you know. Maybe maybe he's that still that same guy. Um, I think all around it's good for the passing game. Only having two backs or only only having the one back being healthy, um, and it's nice to have your your spell back. But we want DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and JSN. We we don't want two running backs destroying each other's value. All right, before we get into the rest of our show, let's talk about ourselves, Roto-Viz. You hear about our Roto-Viz box score scout. You get the range of outcomes app, all of those fun things. Plus, you support the podcast, RV Radio 2023. Gets you access to all of our content and tools. And it supports podcasts. I already said that twice, but guess what? It's that important, folks. It's important to support the podcast. If you like listening to us, we've now recorded, I think, three weeks in a row. I'm not saying we're heroes, but maybe we're heroes. Um, Dan, what else can you say about Roto-Viz? Well, they're obviously the best. You've heard us. You you, you heard Nathan reference uh, the 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 not the box score scale, but the, but the prospects labs. Uh, you can do those for wide receivers. You can do those for running backs. They genuinely have so many fun and interesting apps that I can't even wrap my head around because I'm an idiot. But what they do provide is opportunity to not only learn but really like dive in head first and and look at all of this stuff and and get the knowledge, see the different information that they provide with a couple of clicks. It's it's not like you're sitting here coding in a website or or you have to pull data from a bunch of different places to compile it. It's already done for you. All you have to do is type some whatever name you want to look up and you're done. They they've got everything there that you want. So Rotoviz has done obviously a wonderful job with all of these tools and all of these apps. Uh, and, and they've done a lot for us as well. So Rotoviz, make sure you hop in, you get your sub and you, you get to using these apps because you're going to want them. You're going to need them for this coming season. And, uh, and just enjoy it. All right. Now let's get into the 49ers quarterbacks. Probably one of the hottest storylines in NFL and fantasy over the offseason. Brock Purdy is practicing. He is practicing uh, two, like two out of three days. So he'll, work, he'll practice two days off one day. Practice two days off one day. And they expect that cycle to go for about two weeks. Um, but the thing is he's practicing and I know obviously for the most part, we're taking like actual practice play with a grain of salt, you know, this time in Jamar Chase's rookie year, you're like, why is Jamar Chase not knowing how to catch a football? But (laughs) how much are you taking into account? Because Brock Purdy, he had a great rookie season, but like a lot of the analytics showed that he wasn't actually that good. And he, you know, fed off the concept of having Brandon Ayuk and he was saying, granted, those guys are still there. So, if, if he was a bad quarterback benefiting from, from good weapons, he might still be a bad quarterback benefiting from good weapons. But I guess the, the question is, are you concerned at all from bad the bad quarterback play from Brock Purdy? Do you think it has anything to do with the injury? Um, what are your thoughts on, on Purdy right now? I'm not concerned yet. Uh, and a lot of emphasis on yet. Um, when you're coming back from a shoulder injury, and I said that running backs don't need their shoulder but quarterbacks do. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. Elbow, elbow, elbow. Elbow, sorry, elbow. Uh, upper body, uh, uh, you know, limb. 
but hey, I, they need their elbow more than their shoulder, honestly. Right. Yes. Either way, not good for quarterback, but he needs to regain his confidence in it. He's, he's still probably not 100%. I know that, oh, he's going out without limitations. That was fast. This, this recovery process was supposed to take like another two months, and he's already out there practicing. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that he's not 100. percent He looks poor in practice because he not only doesn't have the confidence in his shoulder, his elbow, his arm, whatever, but he, he's also because he can't, and and he's 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 being protective of it. I'm sure they're being protective of it. Um, there's still no world where Trey Lance is starting for this football team. Uh, I think there's a non-zero chance that Sam Darnold sees some early action if Purdy's not ready. But, uh, I mean, it's very clear to me that the 49ers are moving on from Trey Lance. So I don't even know that we can put him in the picture in these conversations aside from, yes, he should be a trade target for anybody that's looking for an upside young quarterback uh, who hasn't (laughs) hasn't played yet, essentially would be uh, a rookie pick. So. But the, 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 but the reports are saying the Niners would likely turn down a quote unquote substantial trade offer for Trey Lance. So, like, what is the purpose of having Trey Lance on their roster if they don't have any sort of plan of him eventually being their starting quarterback? Like, is it is it solely that they don't trust like a quarterback room with just Darnold and like Purdy's out? Like, like if we see a, a healthy Purdy and then like you know the Bucks quarterback situation busts or you know somebody gets hurt like. Do we see an in-season trade, Lance trade? Like, there, like if we have Purdy playing and Darnold as a backup, there's zero point zero reason to have Trey Lance as your third-string quarterback. Well, I, I think you say something like that to try to drum up interest and try to drum up an offer because I'm going to go out on, on another limb and say they probably haven't had very many trade requests for Trey Lance. I'm guessing the number is more than zero, but less than three. <laughs> If that, and I'm guessing all of them were low ball. I think the rest of the league probably sees that Trey Lance is bad uh, and actually hashtag not good because he hasn't really been good or played in like five years, four years since he was even moderate in college playing against JV players. So yeah, I think think there's still a chance that that they trade him, but it's going to take more than probably like a fourth round pick that teams are offering. That's my my ballpark guess as to what maybe any offers have been. And they're like, well, obviously we're not going to take that. So substantial to them is probably like a second round pick. I think if you're trading Trey Lance, it's probably going to be similar to what Aaron Rodgers went for. Uh, just because, yeah, there's there's you you were getting an MVP quarterback in Aaron Rodgers but you could also be getting 10 years of a starter in Trey Lance. So I, I don't, I don't think they're recouping any of the real value that they absolutely wasted on trading for Trey Lance, but I do think that they'll get something back. I, I just, I definitely think if their expectations are a first plus, they need to sit down, reconsider, get regain anything that they can and just move on because you, you have two fine quarterbacks. I, I don't think either Purdy or Darnold, is like a world beater. Uh, we know what Darnold is. He's an often injured bad quarterback, but he can play in the NFL, just not very well. Purdy is a replacement level, just above replacement level starter, but he's young. 
and he's in a Shanahan offense, so that provides value. That's that's why we love Purdy. It's not because we think he's Mahomes. It's not because we think he's Josh Allen. We we love him because of where he is, and 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 in that situation, coaching does matter. The offense does matter. The players do matter. When you have weapons like Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, you're going to want whoever's throwing them the football. We were hoping that was going to be Trey Lance. Obviously, that didn't work out. So now we're stuck with the game manager, Jimmy Garoppolo plus Brock Purdy. All right, let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys. So this is a situation we've checked in on a few times ever since the Ezekiel Elliott release. So what are the Cowboys going to do at the RB, RB2 position? Uh, Ronald Jones was suspended for two games for steroids. Clearly his, his performance was thoroughly enhanced over the last couple of years. Um, their current RB2 is Malik Davis. Could it be some, or could it be someone from the outside? Could it be Zeke coming back, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook as the Jets fall through? What what are we looking at currently for the Cowboys? Are we too? And then the next question: Does it matter for fantasy? I I know you and I are not huge like Pollard volume guys, but at this point, unless it's Zeke coming back, like let's say let's say they sign Leonard Fournette, I could still easily see Pollard being very much a workhorse with Fournette being a, like a pure spell guy. Yeah, I, I you know Pollard. I, I think what the, what's going to end up happening is this offense is so. Sp- strong in the passing game that we still see Pollard working as the bell cow, but they just don't run it as much. I, I think you're going to see a, a, a bottom quarter uh, running attack as far as carries are concerned. And I think you're going to see a top three passing attack team. I think Dax in play for, for 5,000 plus yards. I think you could potentially have three top, 30 wide receivers. If Gallup's healthy, there's no reason that CD and and Cooks and Gallup can't all be you can't have you're going to have a wide receiver 1, a wide receiver 2 and a wide receiver 3 with those guys. I, I think we'll see what what comes from tight end. Uh and I I do still think Pollard's going to be in in the RB2 plus range. Um but people taking him as like RB4 is just is absolutely wild. Uh and I do think that backup running back in Dallas potentially matters, and I don't think it's an outsider. I think Jerry uh, fell ass backwards into another potential hit in Deuce Vaughn. I think that matters. Um, you, you, You come to a place in a great offense with immediate touches open, and he's better than Malik Davis. They could bring in an outsider, and and Jerry's done it before. But I think I think you've got to figure out your line. I think you've got to get your your guys signed first, and then you worry about the position with anything remaining, any remaining money that you may have. Where they could just roll out with Pollard, Vaughn, and Davis. This team instantly, I, I think, is already stronger without having Zeke kind of weighing them down and as as a, a a Zeke guy it's very clear he was washed he wasn't what he was this team gained so much speed by just not having Zeke you play so much faster you have you have a a, a good quarterback in Dak Prescott I'm not going to say great I'm going to say good even as a Dak Prescott guy and this this team overall I think you could potentially see 
high-end fantasy finishes for up to like five players, maybe even six players, depending on what happens at tight end. But I think Dak is is going to be up there uh, in, in volume. He may lead the league in passing attempts. I think C.D. Lamb could potentially get, you know, 160, 170 targets. I think Brandon Cooks is going to be in for 125 plus. And I think Gallup's going to be in for like 110, 120 as well. Uh, high volume passing attack. Pollard's going to play into that. Deuce Vaughn's going to play into that, uh, you know, unless they bring in an outsider. But I do think that what that running back room looks like now is what that running back room will look like come week one. Yeah. We'll wrap up with, yeah, Deuce Vaughn, I, I have him on, I think he might be my most rostered rookie just because late round, et cetera, et cetera. But I still think that more likely than not, he's still more so fantasy folk hero rather than real dynasty asset. Um, because, you know, we see his size, we see his speed, we see his, um, you know, production at the college level. Until we see a 5'7 guy actually producing at the running back position in the NFL, I am very much going to be believe it when I see it. Like I said, I was I'm I'm heavily invested into him, but I'm not counting on any juice fun production until we actually see it. For sure, uh, yeah, and and when you don't have crazy draft capital, you know you're you're a day three round five guy, um, undersized. I mean he's five five and he weighs like a buck eighty. Uh, you know you you can compare him to a bunch of the other really short running backs in the past, but he weighs like thirty pounds less than all of those guys. So. I still think he is is fun at the very least. I'm not saying that he's going to show up and be a difference maker in you know in the NFL day one, but I do think he's going to get touches, and I do think that they're going to matter. I, I think he's going to show that he can play the football. He, he can play the football. He, he can play the game even undersized, and he can provide like a. Uh, I don't want to say Jacquez Rogers because he played differently, uh, maybe similar, but. I don't know. I, I think I think he can make a name for himself pretty quickly outside of his cool story and and being in Dallas. Yeah, it, I think it's very much high-ish ceiling. Like the floor is zero, not making the roster. Yeah, no, he's in the basement. His floor is is below sea level. Alrighty, that should wrap us up for today. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe. Um, use promo code RV Radio twenty twenty three. Get yourself a subscription. Support the podcast. Any last words, Dan? Oh, see you guys next week. All right, that should do it for this week. Talk to you guys next week. Hello. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.